You know, anytime that I get up to preach, there's always this moment right beforehand where I think, I don't have anything to say that they don't already know. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's nothing amazing for me to teach you. But here's kind of what I view this as. Uh, it's when I cook something at home and Debbie says, did you turn the stove off? Uh, it's not that I don't know you're supposed to turn the stove off. It's just that I always forget to turn it off. And so she reminds me so that I do what I'm supposed to do. So this morning, I'm not going to teach you anything new, but my hope is that as volunteers, as servants of God, that I can build you up a little bit and, and help you to just remember the good that we do in this world. So when I say something, you're like, I already know that. Take it as an encouragement to just keep on with it and keep going. Alright, did you see this week uh, Jeff Bezos gave $100 million to Dolly Parton. He said, I want you to go give this to charity. Now the interesting thing is Dolly Parton's worth about $650 million, so that, that's not a whole lot. Um, but he gave her this money and said, will you give this to charity? I guess he does that every year. You know, I think... Um, what if I got the hundred million? In fact, you know, she has so much, why didn't he just give it to me and let me do it? Have you ever thought what you would do with the hundred million? I have. I think about it a lot. You know what I would do? I would start, I would start ABBC. That's Antioch Bahama Bible Camp. And I would go to the Bahamas. I would build a camp on an island out there. I would pay for every kid in the Bahamas to go to ABBC. We would bring kids from here to do their mission work there, and their, their week-long mission work would be, would be to be counselors at ABBC, and we could change the Bahamas. I mean, from, from the youngest ones up, we could change the Bahamas. If I just had $100 million, think what I could do to serve God. You know, sometimes we get into this, if I only had scenario, uh, if I only had $100 million, then I could really, then I could really serve God. If I, if I only didn't have to work, then I could really serve God. If I could just preach or if I could just teach, you know, if I, if I had some skill that I could do for people, then I would really be able to serve God. If I could speak Spanish, then maybe then I could serve God. Or if I could speak English, then maybe I could serve God. If I, uh, if I just had the energy, then maybe I could actually serve God. Uh, we need to make sure we don't fall into that scenario. Uh, uh, Schweitzer, I forgot his uh, Andrew Schweitzer, he won the Pulitzer Prize. And he, Albert Schweitzer, yes. I knew I was going to forget that name. I've got to put it in the PowerPoint or I'll forget it. He won the Pulitzer Prize in 1950. He was showing up at a train station where he was going to receive the, the award. And all these uh, reporters were there. Everybody was there to see him. They wanted to interview him and talk to him. As he got off the train, they were all gathered around and they were pushing into his face and they were wanting to talk. And he said, excuse me, just a minute. Stay here. I need to go do something. And he pushed his way through the crowd and he walked over to an elderly lady who was struggling with suitcases. She was trying to get on the train. So he helped her get her suitcases together. He got her on the train, and then uh, he saw that she was good, and then he came back to the reporters. He said, sorry, I missed one slide. There we go. Sorry, um, I, I had something I had to do real quick. Well, the reporters were talking, and it's reported that two of them were talking to each other, and one of the reporters said, that's the first time I ever saw a sermon walking. You know, we think, 
oh, if I just had a hundred million, then I could serve God. And the truth is, just living our life every day can be a great service to God. Satan wants us to believe, uh, to think that serving God is this super massive, impressive, gigantic, world-shaking, revival-causing, action-worthy of a book deal or, or a movie rights. He wants us to think that that's what service is supposed to be. But Jesus countered that by saying, no, service is simply giving somebody a cup of water. In Matthew 10, it says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose his reward. The widow's mite, another example, Jesus watched this elderly lady drop two little coins into the offering. And He said to His disciples, He said, she has just given more than all of those rich people who are dropping large sums into that. Those two coins are supposed to be worth about six minutes worth of work. And yet to God, that was more valuable than all the others. Because she was given from a heart, she was given from what she had. Satan really wants us to, to believe different than that. He wants to distract us from knowing what, what serving is. One thing he tries to tell us, he says your servants is pointless. There's really no reason for it. Um, years ago, I, I was working for a painting crew, and there was a guy there, he was a pretty good friend of mine, but he had all kinds of money trouble. He never brought his lunch to work. And so every day at lunchtime, he would have to leave, which spent a lot of time going to get lunch, and then he had to spend extra money buying something somewhere, and the boss would just fuss and fuss. He was like, why don't you bring your lunch, and then you wouldn't have to borrow money from me. And every day for months, it was just this fussing about him not bringing his lunch. One day, just out of the blue, I was fixing my peanut butter, butter and jelly sandwich, and I thought, you know, I'll just fix two lunches today. So I fixed mine, and I fixed his. That day at lunch, he said, i got to go get my lunch. I was like, no, here, I've got one for you. And so it saved him a little bit of time. He didn't have to spend the extra money. I figured, you know, it'd be like when I give him a dollar or two to go get lunch. I'm just helping him a little bit. The next day, I did it again. It was very easy. didn't take any time. Just fixed another sandwich. Uh, gave him a lunch. The third day, I did it again. I fixed another one. We got there. It was time for lunch. I was like, hey, I got your lunch. He said, I don't need it. I'd fix my lunch today. Now the point of that is that for months there was this fussing and fussing telling him what he needs to do and tomorrow you better bring your lunch and it made no difference at all. But just two days, two days of me serving him by just bringing his lunch to him and it, it, it altered the direction of what he was doing with his life. Now of course it doesn't work perfectly every time and he had days that he didn't, but, but two days of service made a difference in his life. Your service is never pointless. Sometimes Satan wants to try to con convince us that our, our service is too limited. Uh, one time at, at Lipscomb, I was talking to Steve Davidson, and he was telling about a time that they planned a, a big youth event. They were expecting about 100 teenagers to be there. They had pizza for 100, they had a speaker, they had all these activities planned, and when it came time for it to happen, one person showed up. Literally, one teenager walked in the door. And he said they struggled with, well, what do we do? Do we just cancel it? And he realized, he said, no, no, there's one here. One is enough. They went through the whole day. He said they had a great time. They, they warned them. They said, don't get more than two slices. We've got to make sure we have enough pizza for everybody. <laughs> but uh, he said one person was there 
so it, it was it was a go we were going to serve even just one don't ever think that your service is just too limited to make a difference with anybody sometimes satan wants to convince us that our our service is wasted that that we, we ought to just put it somewhere else don't waste our time with that uh, years ago i was driving down franklin limestone road over here uh, in antioch and as i was coming around the corner there were all these cars stopped all over the side of the road people were out walking up and down the road all this commotion going on and i thought what in the world is happening and i, I made my way through and as i drove through in a little bit i saw a ferrari that was in the ditch now you know a ferrari is like at that time was probably cost more than any of the houses in antioch cost that is somebody who's really rich driving that. That's why they were all out. If it had been a Yugo or a Gremlin, remember those, if, if you're too young, that's a little cheap car. If it had been a Yugo or a Gremlin, nobody would have stopped. They would have said, I'm not wasting my time on the Yugo or a Gremlin, but a Ferrari, they felt like I'm going to go help that person. Sometimes we only want to deal with the Ferrari people. We want to deal with the people that we think it's going to be great and there's going to be a good response. and. But you know, we have to, in our service, we have to be willing to help everybody. Sure. There's never a time that, that there's somebody that we might not be able to make a difference for. Satan will try to convince us that uh, you don't even know why you're doing this. There are times that we do things that we're not even sure what the outcome is going to be. Um, a, a good story about that is uh, uh, Peter and the eunuch. You know, I think when the Spirit told Peter to head down the road, he said, uh, he said, go to the desert road. I mean a desert road. Who's out there, really? And I, 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 it doesn't say this exactly, but this is what I think. I think Peter didn't really know why he was there. That he just said, okay. And he went to the desert road. And I imagine he's walking down the road thinking, why am I here? You know, nobody on the side. What am I doing? He was just looking for the opportunity. He didn't know why he was there. He just knew he was there. And because he was ready when the opportunity presented itself, then he was ready to tell that person about God, which led them to Jesus, which, which made the difference. Sometimes when we're serving, we're thinking, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Don't think that. You just keep serving, trusting that God is going to work it out. There are a million things that don't matter, but there's one that does. This is the one thing that makes it all count, and that's your heart. That what, what you are doing is an offering that you are giving to God. If it's coming from your heart, God loves that gift. Uh, my own conversion. You know, I was raised in a Christian family. Um, I went to a Christian school. I was well trained. I was brought up in church. And I value those times that, that brought me along and, and taught me. But you know, there's... there's Many kids who grew up in that setting who walk away from God. So there has to be a point where something happens where it all begins to click and it doesn't become something outside. It becomes something inside. And, and I remember that moment. It, it was at the Tenpenny's house. We went to a church of about 120 people. Uh, amazingly, we had about, I don't know, 8 to 10 to 12 boys that were all close to my age, which is very unusual for a church that size. And his family said... Uh, we need to do something for these teens. And so they had a devotional at their house and they invited us all over. And I remember sitting in the den, they had lined up some chairs in the middle. I was sitting in one of the chairs in the middle. Uh, some, some 
boys were there that eventually became really good friends of mine, but at the time we weren't great friends. Uh, all of the adults were in the kitchen and they were fixing food. I can remember the sound of, of the dishes and things being worked on in the kitchen. And there was a moment that I sat there in that setting and I thought, I like this. This is what I want to do. Now, it wasn't for another six months that it really walked out to where the conversion was complete. But that was the moment where something switched and I said, this is what I want the direction of my life to be. Now, understand, there was nobody preaching at that point. There was nobody teaching a class at that point. There was, there was nobody doing anything big except they opened their house and they were serving food. And that was the place where, where my conversion, where my heart really changed to turn to God. You see, it doesn't matter how big or massive our service is. It's just the fact that we are offering to God our hearts as we try to help other people. You know, our service is a gift to God. It, it is an absolute gift to God. And somebody has a gift for me right now. Look at this right here. Hey, come right here. Walk right up here. Here. You know what? He, he made me a gift. Um, I, I think his brothers helped some too. And, and I've not seen it. I don't know what it is. But you know what? Thank you for this gift. I love it. This is a perfect gift. Like this is a great gift. I love this. Thank you for, thank you for making me a gift. Now, you know what? I love this gift, but I haven't even seen what it is. How, how can I love this gift and yet I don't even know what the gift is? Well, it's because, it's because we have a relationship. For one thing, we, were, we have the same birthday and we share a birthday every year. When I see him in the hallway, we always talk and we always give me a fist bump. We always, we always get a fist bump and I'll get hugs from him and sometimes I'll take him and help get him in his car seat in the car. We have a relationship. He cares about me. I care about him. And you know what that means? That means I don't care what's in that box. I'd love it. It's a perfect gift without me even seeing what it is. If it's a picture, I'll hang it on my refrigerator. If it's a bracelet, I'll wear it on my hand. If it's a hat, I'm going to wear it on my head. It's a perfect gift without me even seeing it. Now, this is you and God. If your heart belongs to God, if you love God, if you serve God, it doesn't matter what your gift is. He absolutely loves that gift. He absolutely treasures that gift. You, everything you do, when it comes from your heart and it's to Him, it's a perfect gift. It's a perfect gift. And you know what He'll do? He will take your gift and He'll turn it into something more. It may just be a little cup of water, but He'll turn it into something so much more. Kind of like a little gift here was turned into a, a sermon illustration that has benefited all of you all, right? This little gift. Guys, our service to God is our gift to God. Amen. We love God. We serve Him. And so we turn to the people around us and we do anything we can do. We do anything we can do 
to say, I serve a risen Savior. I want you to know about Him. And here's whatever it is. And God will take it and He will treasure it and He will love it. This morning, as, uh, as we finish here, um, we're going to sing a few songs. The elders will be up here. You can come down and talk to them about service or whatever is going on in your life. They will pray for you. Um, let's, let's worship God. Let's understand what He did. And let's offer everything we have to Him.